Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bear of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. All right, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh, and welcome to the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We're live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy of communism coming to America, the infiltration of our social, our cultural, our academic, our political, our institutional systems all throughout the United States over decades and decades long. Everything that is happening right now is happening for a reason. The reason is for people to wake up and understand and understand their rights, their freedoms, their liberties, how to take back their, their constitutional God-given, constitutionally protected God-given rights, right? And today's episode is called The Whole World is a PSYOP, and we're going to talk about that in length, and we're going to talk about FBI corruption, we're going to talk about CIA, NSA involvement uh, with social media giants, how all this is organized, we're going to go through the news of the day, because all the news of the day actually pertains to all that, but the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to bring on two amazing ladies, and they're going to talk to you about some FBI corruption that, that Connie has discovered. So Connie Davies, firstly, uh, has been teaching American government for well over 20 years at the World of Faith Christian School. Her interest in public policy and concern and citizen participation in government led her to the initiative efforts to promote voter registration and organize nonpartisan political forms in her community. She was appointed by former Governor Jim Martin of North Carolina to serve as on two commissions related to family policy. She has also worked with former U.S. Congressman Charles Taylor in various capacities relating to constitu uh, constituent services as well as assisting the congressman's political campaigns. Um, she's now kind of becoming a freedom fighter out there. And we're going to talk a little bit about this and how she is a freedom fighter, kind of exposing FBI corruption pertaining to former state Senator John Woods of Arkansas. And with her is a good friend of mine is Lee Valentine. If you guys don't know Lee Valentine, man, you must have been under a rock in the 90s, and 2000s. <laughs> but I'm going to bring these beautiful ladies in and we're going to have a little bit of discussion about FBI corruption. And Connie's going to tell us her story of what is going on in the world. And Lee, I'm going to have you just move over just a little bit. Lee Valentine yeah. and Connie Davies, how are we doing today? Oh, great. It's so good to be with you. It's good to be with you, Josh. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, it's an honor. And Josh, you are really nailing it out there and you're exposing so much. Your show has exploded. It's an honor to be here. And I thank you that you're having my good friend on tonight. Well, absolutely, ladies. So I appreciate that and all the kind words, Lee. Uh, it was great seeing you this last, uh, the last past weekend when we were in Florida yeah. together. And, yeah. you know, Connie, I think that's where you and Connie actually got together. So I guess I had just missed Connie probably by an, by an hour. Uh, but right. I'm glad that you two got together and she got to tell you a little bit of her story. Um, you know, Lee, Lee is on American Media Periscope. She has her own show on there. Lee, why don't you tell everybody else a little bit about your show and what you got going on there? Well, I have heels on the ground, of course. John Chambers kind of discovered me there at the Clay Clark event. And he said, Lee, you get so much good footage behind the scene with Eric Trump and all these Trumps and Mar-a-Lago. We want you on our show, Heels on the Ground. It airs on Sundays or once a month. And now I'm going to be on The Insider, um, the back office. And, and it's a small fee, but you can hear private things that you will not hear anywhere else. So it's very exciting to work with John Chambers and Dawn and, and of course you, Josh. We're a team effort and we're all freedom fighters. But I'm so excited because 30 years ago, I met this lady 
And I've watched her teach day and night at the Christian school. I've watched her help coordinate at our traveling Holocaust museum. And I've seen her raise her grandchildren and her children in the fear of the Lord. She knows the Constitution inside and out. Not only has she read it, she understands it. She preaches it. She knows the Constitution. This woman has a degree in American history. She's a history teacher. And I'm really excited because we worked together uh, a lot on projects and we really fought, well, Connie did mainly, for Steve Stockman to get out of prison. She worked with Debbie Meadows and Mark Meadows and Trump, Donald Trump, the last person that he let out and commuted was Congressman Steve Stockman. And Steve Stockman should owes it all to this lady and God, of course. God moved a mountain. So I'm honored that you're having her on your show today because this woman is a powerhouse. She's dynamic and she's really fighting for the grandmas and the mothers and the children and the children's children to fight for our freedoms. And you've got to hear what's going on right now with Senator John Woods. We are fighting. That man is going to get out of prison because this lady doesn't give up. And she's not going to back down and she's not going to surrender because look what's coming out with Twitter. We're seeing how corrupt the FBI truly is. God is letting the darkness come to light so our eyes can be opened in this hour. You know, I agree. You're right. Is is that we are transitioning right now from oops, wrong one from dark to light. And, and, that, and that's the truth is the truth is being unveiled. The truth is coming forth and coming to the surface and the light is being shined upon it. And, and this is why... The world has so many people out there right now doing mm. exactly what Connie's doing, fighting this good fight. And she's been doing it for a very long time. So appreciate yeah. all, everything that you're doing in the world there, Connie. And if you want, why don't you tell us a little bit about the story of former Senator John Woods of Arkansas and kind of maybe how you got involved with this? Sure. Be happy to. And uh, thank you again so much. I appreciate yeah. this. I do. Um, I met John Woods through Congressman Steve Stockman, former Congressman from Texas. And uh, Congress Congressman Stockman was a real uh, firebrand in Washington when he went to Congress back in uh, 2012. It was his second term in office. And uh, he knew that there were things going on in our government that were not right. So he, when he went there, he went there ready to run. And when he got there, of course, he found out, started uncovering a lot of corruption that he saw in our, in our administration there during the Obama years. And, you know, you can go back, Josh, and you remember, and I'm sure a lot of your, your viewers can remember some of the things that were going on during those years that we never got answers for. Things that were happening with the Fast right. and Furious scandal, with the uh, what the Benghazi scandal. Uh, there were a lot of scandals going on during those years, and we were keeping our eyes on that. But it was, seems like nothing was happening, nothing was going on. And at that time, I began to get information from organizations like Judicial Watch, and I, I would recommend uh, your viewers if you've never connected with some of these organizations, these legal organizations that are kind of keeping an eye on what's going on in government where no one is supposed to be above the law. I would recommend that they 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 um, you know subscribe to some of their publications. But um, anyway, I started uh, kind of keeping my eye on things a little bit and was very concerned. I had a lot of questions, and. Um, and again, one of the big ones was the lowest learner scandal with the 501c3s for those uh, pay, uh, those um, tea partiers mm -hmm. that were trying to get their applications passed. She was holding them back. Well, Steve Stockman was uncovering a lot of corruption at the time. What got him into trouble was when he went on Fox News 
And he exposed Lois Lerner because she was holding back these 501c3s. Absolutely. And she uh, would not answer the subpoena from a congressional committee. Now, isn't it interesting what we're seeing today? We see these congressional committees, this J6 committee, just subpoenaing anybody they can think might be guilty of something, uh, making things up. They are subpoenaing people. And if you don't answer their subpoena, what happens? You get in, in trouble, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Lois Lerner did not answer the subpoenas. And so uh, Steve Stockman gets on uh, Fox News and calls for her arrest. And people mocked him for that. He said, listen, if we as Congress can't subpoena someone to just simply answer questions, we have oversight authority in Congress to ask questions, then we're inept. What, what are we doing here? What are our committees for? They're, they're no good. Right. So anyway, um, two weeks later, the FBI comes after Steve Stockman. Now, this wasn't the only thing he did. He, he was uncovering a lot of things and drawing attention to a lot of corruption during that time. So uh, two weeks later, the FBI arrest him. Uh, to make a very long story short, he goes to trial. They stack 24 federal charges on him, making up things like, you know, wire fraud and uh, campaign finance fraud and taking money from um, nonprofit organizations and funneling that money in places that shouldn't be going. And all of these things, these frivolous, I can't say frivolous, if, if you're really doing committing a crime, it's serious. But mm -hmm. there's ways that the federal government can prosecute people and bring these charges and stack them so that they end up in prison for long, long, long periods of time. They stacked 24 charges on Steve Stockman and his his sentence was over 200 years. Now we have criminals, people that are committing murders and child, child uh, trafficking that aren't getting that. And yet he, they send him to prison. They wanted to send him there for over 200 years. He ends up with a 10 year sentence and ends up in Fort Worth at a prison in Fort Worth, Texas. So I meet Patty, his wife, at a venue in in uh, Charlotte and uh, met, met her, found out about Steve, what was going on with Steve. Mm -hmm. And I went to work for Steve to try to help get the word out about what was going on with him. Just so happens, and, and God doesn't do, doesn't, uh, there's no accidents with God, right? Uh, Mark Meadows was my congressman at the time. And about that time was when uh, he was given a job with President Trump as the chief of right. staff. But I had access to Mark, uh, to, to Mark Meadows, and was able to get information to him about Steve Stockman. Well, Mark did know Steve. They were, they were colleagues in Congress. They did a lot of work together in Foreign Affairs Committee. And uh, anyway, we were able to get word to, to uh, Trump about Steve, and he ended up commuting him in December of last year. He got a commutation. So he's out of prison, but he still has one more year probation. So he's not a totally free man. He can't just go anywhere. He would love to, and he would love to be on shows like yours to talk about what he oh, found out. Congressman, you would love him. He's he's a fighter for sure. And he's not afraid. He's not afraid of anything. I mean, this man will, he will lay his life down for his country. That's right. And uh, he loves justice. So anyway, John, uh, excuse me, Steve told me about John Woods. He was in prison with John in Fort Worth, Texas. And when he left Fort Worth to go to uh, Beaumont, Texas, to be closer to his wife, he left John behind. But he was very concerned about John and how he was being treated because John Woods was a senator from Arkansas. And he was given 18 years, four months in Crazy. prison. Crazy. For similar charges. Basically, no. they claimed that he took money 
that the that government funds uh, that he was able to get for a constituent. It was a college in Arkansas. And they claimed that he got kickbacks for that money, that he was bribed. Um, he, he had bribes, you know, going in and out of his office and basically uh, created this narrative that he was he was a criminal. He was doing some wrong things. So he ends up with 18 years and four months in prison. So <laughs> that, that, I mean, rapists get less than that. Child exactly. molesters get less than that. Exactly. Murderers get less than that. Yes. And we don't know all that was behind why they targeted him so badly, except the only thing we can figure is that he was the first and only public official to endorse Donald Trump. Hmm presidential primaries in 2016 in 2016 so i'm not saying that was it we don't know but it's kind of interesting that they would come after him in such a way that they wanted to lock him up for 18 years so um john woods uh was there in fort worth for a period of time he was transferred to um bastrop texas mm -hmm. um after several months being in fort worth and uh, he was transferred because there was a fight that was going on in the prison. And he was trying to break up the fight because one of his buddies was getting beat on and uh, he couldn't get him to break it up. So he took a chair and threw it in the corner of the room just to break up the fight. He didn't throw it to anybody, just wanted to break it up. But when he did that, they placed him in solitary confinement. And with that, he ended up going to uh, Arkansas for a period of time. My understanding I've learned is Arkansas not Arkansas, excuse me, Oklahoma. Oklahoma is kind of like a hub for the, uh, uh, the prison, uh, Bureau of Prisons where they sometimes when they transfer people, they end up going to that location before they're sent out again. Okay. He ends up going to Bastrop, Texas um, eventually, but he's still in solitary confinement. And again, this was all during the time of COVID. So it was not a, an uncommon pro, uh, practice for the, BO, uh, the BOP to put people in solitary. Uh, with COVID as well. So he ends up there for quite a period of time, about eight months, he's in solitary. When I met him, I wanted to meet John Woods. I thought, I want to meet this man. I went, I actually, I'd met uh, Steve Stockman while he was in prison, flew out to Fort Worth. And I went, wanted to meet John as well. Cause I know, you know how it is, Josh, if you meet somebody, you know, face to face and you have a chance to talk to them, you really get to know what kind of person they are. Right. That's right. John Woods, I felt like if I could just meet him, I would want, I could get a feel for what kind of person he was. And I can tell you, Josh, he was one of the most genuine people that I've met that ever held public office. He wasn't a politician. He wasn't, you know, flaunting his, who he had been or whatever. He was a very humble person. And of course he's been in solitary. So he was very broken. And I remember looking at him and, and realizing he's not going to make it if he doesn't pull up a little bit because he was beaten down very badly. And um, so anyway, I felt God on me just to do, begin to encourage him to share with him that there was a call of God on his life, that he's not going to give up. He's going to get in the fight. He's not going to quit. Amen. And mm -hmm. all, all of a sudden something just transformed in his life and he got in the fight. And so, um, for the last year, over a little over a year, I've texted him, emailed him. Um, we've I had phone calls with him. We write letters to him. And what we're seeing is a man that's coming out of that, that pit um, and getting in the fight and really uh, believing God now that something is going to happen. And we do believe that something's going to happen. So 
to let you know where we are now. That's that's the background information, just to let you know where I've yeah. come from. Gone. Because the FBI erased the evidence. Exactly. They erased the computer, and that is prime evidence. And that they've put him in prison, and he didn't have a fair trial. Evidence was deleted by an FBI agent. He said, so, yes, yeah, so... So what happened in August of this past year, the FBI agent that actually deleted information off of a government issued computer admitted to doing it. Yes. August the 17th of this last year. And this is the evidence for John Woods's case. Absolutely. This was there was there was evidence that was in the case, but there was more evidence that was never made it to the courtroom. And the interesting thing about it, not not only did it not make it the judge would not allow the jury to know there was a laptop with evidence on it. Mm. So, so the judge was in on it. Right. It's, it, that's what it seems, because why would the judge not allow evidence to come before a jury for a fair trial, to get a fair trial? Exactly. All evidence. Yeah. So this this laptop that um, Robert Cesario is his name, he had erased that laptop, but something else that 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 we want to stress it wasn't just once that he erased it he had it professionally erased and he paid to have it done with cash then he erased it a second time just days before the trial was to begin this is unbelievable then we also found out there was also um, a, a pin a recording pin that someone had used that would, had been a co-defendant with him who took a plea deal and now is using this evidence, this these uh, videos or these audios with John, and that we think that that was on the computer, but we don't know what else was on the computer. We have no idea. Yeah. It was wiped completely clean. And this is an FBI agent that had evidence on a computer, was told to turn it in for forensic examination, and he wiped it clean. Well, what does that leave us to believe? There must have been something on that computer that could have exonerated John Woods. We don't know what was on the computer. Well, even to that extent, I mean, so this is, I'm looking at the article right here. We have it pulled up. This right. is from the Epoch Times. Ex-FBI agent pleads guilty to destroying evidence. Former FBI agent says he's pleading guilty to paying a business to wipe his computer hard drive to make it unavailable for forensic examination. Former FBI agent Robert Cesario was charged with corrupt destruction of records in the official proceeding in connection to the trial of former Arkansas State Senator John Woods, a Republican local media outlets reported. Now, that right there should bring about justification for a mistrial, whether sentencing has already occurred or not. You're exactly That's right. right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And it's very interesting because anybody that has common sense that knows anything about the government or law, they come to that conclusion. Why is this not thrown out? Why don't they get him out of this prison? Be a total mistrial. His yeah. his due process rights were violated by an FBI agent who destroyed evidence that could have been used. Period. That's it. And there was a, a, a the National Association for of Criminal Defense Lawyers actually wrote an amicus brief for the court to make just that claim that this is Powerful. egregious government misconduct that this needs to be thrown out. And they and basically they they alluded to the fact that this looked to be one of the worst cases of government misconduct that yeah. they had seen. I mean, anybody looking at this would think, surely they're, they're going to do something with Robert Cesario and John Woods is going to get out of prison. Somehow this is going to be taken care of. 
Well, this is something that just came up this past Monday. I think it was December the 12th. This was the thing that was so appalling to us. We find out about a memorandum that Cesario's lawyer submitted to the court. Mm-hmm. And in the memorandum, it is a sentencing memorandum asking the court, now get this, to give Cesario a sentence of one year unsupervised, unsupervised probation. And that's it. One year unsupervised probation. That is for what so he did. wrong. So wrong. An official, a, a, a law enforcement official in our country who knew, knew what he was doing knowing what he was doing he destroyed the evidence and even said that it was relevant to that case so you know what's interesting too about this memorandum you see right is that they're using the jurisprudence of kevin kleinsmith if you guys kevin kleinsmith was the uh the lawyer the doj lawyer who basically falsified evidence against the steel dossier against donald trump and he got one year probation of uh unsponsored probation and they're utilizing that case specifically as precedent for this guy exactly so what does that tell us that tells us that there's a lot of corruption in the FBI. Oh my goodness. You know, I'm thinking if this man thinks that I had the audacity to expect a sentence like that after what he did shows you that he's expecting to get a light sentence, if anything. So we are right now making the public aware of this case. You know, we have so much going on right now. I mean, the, I mean, the conservative news outlets are reporting this. The main news media is not reporting it. And I'm so grateful for people like you that are giving a platform for those of us that are trying to get the truth out yeah. about situations like this, because the main mainstream media is not t- telling this story. They don't want to tell this story. And so right now, what we're trying to do is get the word out about what's going on, because his sentence is scheduled for January the 5th. 2023. That's why this is so time sensitive and we want everyone to write letters to fight. We're going to bring a lot of people there. We're marching, we're praying. But prior to this, we want this judge to know that no way will we accept just a little pat on the hand. This is major. Now there needs to be a mistrial. Now, now I got a question. The judge in the sentencing of John Woods is this the same judge that's proceeding over the memorandum for Robert Cesario? That's a good question. I'd have to look at that. Because if that's the case, I believe that that become that brings about the conflict of interest. Or if it's even in the same district, you got to wonder about that. But yeah. I mean, John I should be so, able. Josh, I think so. I mean, let me look at this. I can look at this again and see yeah. because it's very interesting. Um, the sentencing memorandum. I'm looking at it. It's the Western District of Arkansas. Yeah. And that is uh, PK Holmes is who's listening to the or is going to be sentencing uh, John um, Cesario. And it, it's in the district court. So it very well may be. Looks like it could be. I don't see his name on this. Well, and, and so that that could even give John. Um, the ability on January 5th, if if that's the case, if he's hearing both cases, to to request a new judge to oversee this or move it even to a new district. Because well, you know what we're wanting to do, what we would mm-hmm. like to see happen, we would really like to see happen this judge reject the plea because oh, absolutely. he needs to go to trial. 
He needs to be punished for what he's done. This is serious. This is a man, an innocent man sitting in prison and an FBI agent is going to be out as a free man. So what are John's, so this is, I guess, the big question then, because we have a lot of, of dynamic parts to the situation. A lot this seems that. like a, a legal legal blunder on behalf of the FBI and the district court. Exactly. The question is, is what is John's lawyer doing? Well, actually, that's a good question, Josh. He's had to fire three of them. Despicable. Because they're not, and we see this, we see this happening with people that are having to, they're, People are having trouble finding good defense lawyers. Absolutely. We need good defense lawyers lawyers that are going to defend these innocent people, these patriots. Look yeah. at what's going on with the J6ers. I, I mean, know. this is not an uncommon uh, problem that we have. And, and let me share one other thing that's kind of a, an interesting caveat to the whole thing. John Woods, like I said, he's getting in the fight. He's mm -hmm. in the fight. Because what he did, he said, if Robert Cesario admitted to destroying this evidence. And he he pled guilty to this one charge. What were the other charges? What else did he do that we don't know? What else because is on that laptop? Exactly. exactly. And what, what's going on with this? So what John did, he said, I want to know what other things did he do? What did Robert Cesario have? What information did he have? And what did he do besides destroy evidence? That's bad enough. Yeah. But the interesting thing that I've learned through all of this, and this is a, a real learning, this is a real lesson. Usually when somebody takes a plea deal, they take the plea deal on the lesser charge. Mm -hmm. So if this is, if this, I'm not saying this, I don't know for sure, but if this is the lesser of the charges, what else did he do? Well, he has filed, John Woods has filed FOIAs with the Office of Inspector General for the DOJ, and he's asking what else was Robert Cesario charged with yes. that we don't know. And they have refused to give him the FOIA. Well, and, and, and maybe a, a direction that John can take on that is not necessarily what else has he been charged with, because it could be a sealed indictment, or it could be um, um, obviously an indictment that's held back from the public, but what cases was Robert Cesario working on at the FBI that brought about, brought about criminal charges, specifically against politicians, right. nonprofits, NGOs, these types of figures that are on the conservative That's side. Point. That's it, a good way to look at it. It's, and it's a good strategy to mm -hmm. take for sure. Absolutely. It's interesting though, when they, um, when they turned in this memorandum, the sentencing memorandum, and I know this is a common practice, but uh, the, his lawyer made sure that, the, the court knew all about the awards that he received as being an outstanding FBI agent. All of these these things that they tried to paint him as being this great law enforcement officer. And here he's destroyed a man's life. He And, and John Woods lost his marriage. His wife yeah. left him. He's lost all of his money, his income, his reputation. And, and not to mention his health and not to mention his family. You know, the, the ripple effect of these kind of false prosecutions, oh, yeah. what the effect that it has on those that are close to you, your family members, your friends, um, it's 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 horrible. And I've met his brother who is leading up his legal defense. His name is Rob. And I mean, he, he's heartbroken. Um, he doesn't know what to do. And he's just happy that he's got a group of advocates uh, surrounding them now to help get the word out because they've not been able to get the word out. Nobody is covering the story except for people like you now that yes. are so gracious to give us time on, on the air to, to tell this story. And you well, had some other 
discoveries too. You discovered. Go ahead. Go, no, go you... ahead. No, go ahead, Connie. What, what are these other discoveries? Some other things that you you heard. Um, just well, there's a lot. There's so much, there's... but we know on January fifth, if anybody can come yes. to Fort Smith, we're asking you to come in on the fourth. Uh, we'll be there. I believe it's the Hampton Inn. Actually, they decided today we're meeting on the third. We're meeting on the third. We're meeting on the third because uh, it's believed that we need to get the word out, have a press meeting there on the court's house steps in Fort Smith, Arkansas, mm -hmm. to get this up before the sentencing day. And we feel like two days before the sentence would be good to get publicity out about this situation. So we're inviting people to come to the courthouse steps at Fort Smith, Arkansas on the 3rd of, of uh, January to be with us. And then we're going to also be there on the 4th, although it's supposed to be raining, we'll be out there with our umbrellas. Uh, on the 4th, and then on the 5th is the sentencing of Robert Cesario. And you, we know we're going to be sitting in that courtroom listening to what happens. We're not going to let this slip under the radar, and we're going to let the judge and Robert Cesario know we know what's going on. We know what's okay. going on. So Robert Cesario's uh, sentencing is on January 5th. Right. Is there anything going on for uh, John Woods? Does he have a, 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 any court dates coming up? No, no, nothing at all. What he, what he's waiting to see what's going to happen with this because one of the things with the FOIA request is that um, they are not wanting to answer the FOIA because they say there's a legal matter still pending. They believe it's the, the sentencing of Robert Cesario. The problem with that is his 90-day period of time to ask for a FOIA uh, is running out on December the 27th. So he's asked for an extension. Exactly. He's asking for an extension of his FOIA request and saying, well, at least wait until after the sentencing. But I still want to know what happened. What did Robert Cesario do that we don't know? And he has a right to know that. We have a right to know that. That information, unless, like you said, it's sealed. But why? Well, well I mean, I mean it, it, there, there could have been... Um, um, confidential informant information on the laptop. There could have been counterintelligence information on the laptop. There's a lot of things that could have been on that laptop um, that were pertinent and secret to the FBI that uh, through a FOIA request would obviously release that information. So they, they could utilize that defense. But either way, if there is evidence pertinent to the trial of John Woods on that laptop, that was. evidence was destroyed. Now, here's the thing is John Woods is already convicted. So a trial, a jury has already convicted him. Was it right. based upon this evidence? No, that, was, that on the evidence laptop? was not even allowed in the courtroom. That's right. And we don't know and if that evidence trial. would have... Right. Okay. Yeah, in the pre-trial hearing, that was, um, oh, what was his name? It just left me. Timothy Brooks. Judge Timothy Brooks was the one that uh, heard the pre-trial hearing and the, the initial trial in the court. Um, he would not allow the jury to even know there was a laptop in this case. He wouldn't allow it and wouldn't even allow any information to come out about a laptop by an FBI agent. Now, did John's defense attorney know that? Yes, but he wasn't allowed to bring it up. He wasn't allowed. The, the judge, the judge would not allow anything to come up in front of the jury about the laptop. That's terrible. That is but, absolutely uh, terrible. Um, but, there seems yeah. to be something more <laughs> that was going on with that evidence that's on there pertaining to John Woods. And maybe John Woods knows, and that's why he's trying the, the FOIA request to get it, of what's on there. But he can't necessarily say it. 
Um, I, I'm curious about this. And if anybody's in Texas who wants to go down there and make that trip, um, they're, they're working on a website right now. We're going to get right. you guys hooked up with them. If you want to get a hold of, of Lee or Connie, what you could do is you can just message me. Um, right. So socialredpill.com, you can message me, direct message, Twitter, direct message me. Um, you guys can message me at redpillprojectonline at gmail.com. Thank you. Redpill at redpillpodcast.com. Any of those ways works if you want to get a hold of, of Lee or Connie and help them out on this effort. Because I believe that this deserves attention because an innocent man is sitting in prison because of this. And how many others are sitting in prison we don't know about. Exactly. That's yeah. the thing they that we're people. concerned about because if you see what's going on, good conservatives are being targeted in this country. And if you think that this doesn't have anything to do with you, I'm from North Carolina. Why would I be concerned about an Arkansas senator? It's because I'm concerned about the our country. Amen. And I'm concerned about Amen. good conservatives being targeted for no reason. Just because yeah. we we love freedom, we love our country, we love Donald Trump, we love we love, and now we love Elon Musk, and we're praying <laughs> yeah. for his divine protection. Okay. Well, but, you know, and there's also this other aspect of it is that there's more that people can do. I had someone uh, messaging me just yesterday. They're in Missouri, and you know they've had a whirlwind of a life the last um, you know twenty years, and the last few years they've kind of coming out of this hole. And they're asking, you know, what can we, what can I do? I want to get involved. What can I do? And, and you know, Connie, you're just a shining example of exactly what you can do. We had uh, Lloyd Brunson on a few weeks ago. He's got that. Uh, him and his brother has got those court cases going to the Supreme Court. Yes, right? I love that. This, this how brilliant. Yeah, but this is the thing: is these are these are normal Americans who are exactly. going out there taking the initiative, filing the paperwork, learning the process, and doing yes. what needs to be done to protect and preserve justice and freedom and liberty and these types of things, fighting for the innocent, or at least who we perceive to be innocent. And, exactly. and then you, on the other side of the house, you have this corrupt Department of Justice system, you have this corrupt political system, which weaponizes everything that they possibly can against you, me, and everybody else, and they fight to the death and will throw you in prison without blinking an eye with absolutely zero evidence whatsoever. And so we exactly. have to stand up and fight against that system. And one thing I want to say too, Josh, because I think it's very relevant. I teach uh, Holocaust history as well. Mm -hmm. And I teach the destruction of the, of the government of, of Germany and how that happened. How did Adolf Hitler do what he did so quickly? And I, I remind people, what was one of the first things he did when he came to office? Within, within three months, he was putting people in Dachau. Dachau was a concentration camp that was not built and originally for Jews that were built for political dissidents, people mm -hmm. that did not agree with what he was doing. He wanted to shut them up, get them out of the way, because if you get those people, if they get us out of the way, they can steamroll the whole country. Exactly. And the patriots in this country right now are the ones that are standing in the way of this government absolutely taking over uh, our, our constitutional republic. We can't, we can't allow this to happen. And we should be very passionate about this. We don't, we shouldn't think that this is some story that we're making up, wake up America. It's happening and it's happening very fast. And we need every person, every freedom loving patriot to get yes, on the wall yes, and yes. find their place. Yes. If it's writing a letter, making a phone call, getting in the fight somehow, I know that God can lay it on your heart to be a part of what's going on. Otherwise we're sitting here, you know, and, and we're watching it go on and we're thinking, well, what can I do? Well, there's mm -hmm. plenty we can do. Okay. There's plenty that needs to be done, and we need every person in their place. Fantastic. 
and, and you know, you just mentioned there too. Um, there's more that we can all do. And, and I think that that's one thing that our audience understands is that we can go out there, we can help and we can contribute. And I, I urge everybody out there who wants to help support these ladies to go out there. Um, if you're in Texas, you want to show up to this sentencing, you want to be a voice in that crowd, definitely do it because it's taken that action. It's taken that initiative. On the other side, as you mentioned in Germany, when Adolf Hitler came to power, the first thing he did was locked up political descendants. And now this is interesting because everybody's talking about the, the Ukrainian Nazi catch connection that's going on in Ukraine. And the first thing that uh, Volodymyr Zelensky did when Russia invaded the East and Western regions is he locked up all his political opposition parties. He locked them up, arrested them. Over over 23 of them have committed suicide, quote unquote, including um, various oligarchs throughout the country. And this is what happens when you have a centralization of power is they come for you, they come for me, and they come for everybody. Um, and and uh, I think it was Pastor Martin and Niemöller from Nazi Germany said, it's first that they come for the trade unionists, then they come for the communists, then they come for the Jews, then they come for me, and there's nobody left to stand for yeah. me. Exactly. And that's, yes, and that's motivation. That's the motivation. You know, we love, we love God. We love our country. We love our families. We love the life that God has given us in this country. We can't take it for granted. People think that because they live in America, they live free. Those freedoms are going, they're eroding. And I like to say this, that there is no freedom without justice and there's no justice without truth. And we're fighters for truth. We're fighting to know what the truth is in all of these situations. And that's what we're fighting ultimately is for, for our freedom and for justice. Yeah. Fantastic, ladies. I appreciate you. And so what I want to do is definitely have you guys back on once we get some more updates on this. Oh, and yes. uh, any of the emails that I do get in, I'm going to forward over to Lee and you, Connie, as well. Thank you. And we can get everything moving from here. But thank you so much for sharing your story. And then, Lee, I will talk to you later about um, getting you and Connie scheduled and hopefully some other shows, especially right. getting you over there with uh, John and January me. January 3rd through the 5th, we will be in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and fighting for John Woods, who's in prison in Texas. But we'll be in yep. Arkansas yes. uh, getting the word out. We'll be on the court steps for three days, and we hope to see you there. Please come to Fort Smith, Arkansas on the 5th for sure. Okay. I, I kept on saying Texas, so it's Arkansas, Fort Smith, Arkansas. Yes, yes. Gotcha. He's, he's, in, he's in prison in Texas, but he's gotcha. going to be, yes, Arkansas. Fantastic. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you much, Forget Lee. You guys take care. Thank you, Connie and Lee. Guys, we'll be right back with more Daily Dose right after this. Thanks. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions, and we have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. And we got Night Shadow over there in the corner and Mr. Vince Tagliavia. It looks like you got like a completely black and brown background. It looks pretty badass, actually. 
Thanks. And welcome back to the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. And Connie Davies and Lee Valentine, thank you so much for joining me. That was, listen, I think that sometimes it's important to hear these stories of whether it's a former senator from Arkansas, whether it's a corrupt FBI agent, is that this isn't just at the high level. This isn't just Elvis Chan at the FBI operating with Twitter. This just isn't James Comey at the top on the on the seventh floor of the FBI corrupting against the president. This is happening at every single level, at every single echelon. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it is infiltrated. They are going after anybody and everybody. This shows you just how infiltrated the deep state operations actually are. And talking about that, Elon Musk, they were talking about the deep state infiltration in the government today. And Elon Musk has said, I wonder why the media isn't reporting on this. And Mm -hmm. somebody said, because they're part of the deep state. Why would they report on it? And, And that's the thing is there's no reason for them to report on it because they're part of the same system. Yeah. Why would they rattle themselves? That's it, man. Okay. There's a lot going on here. Um, I want to get into this episode. I know a lot of people are like, I want the news, man. We're going to get into the news. We're going to talk about psychological warfare a little bit. Um, I want to cover a few things, though. Tonight at, what is it, at 10 p.m. Central, so 11 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Mountain, we have the After Dark Chat Q&A. That is on socialredpill.com, so, uh, redpillpatrons.com or socialredpill.com. Sign up for your free profile. Get on there. The Zoom information is sent out a few minutes ahead of time, and you can join in there. If you also go to the events tab, it says Social Red Pill Zoom. You can join through that. Um, and that starts, I will be on at that time. So 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. But that, that's a live Q&A with myself and probably about 40 or 50 other people, and we have a great time. And yeah. we talk about a variety of different topics. So everybody's invited to that tonight. Um, if more than 100 people show up, then we'll we'll have to stream it, figure out how to do that later. Uh, but then on the other side of the thing is one thing that I always talk about, and this, this comes about in the sense of my weird perspective on science and physics and these types of things. Yeah, and that? I wanted to talk about this before we got into the news and psychological warfare. Okay. Lay it I mean, on infil- me. Yeah, the infiltration of our scientific community is, is very, very apparent. And one thing about science is the the empirical data, right? You, you take in data through observation. And so you observe things, you develop and postulate a theory, and then you replicate your postulation within a lab-controlled experiment with some type yeah. of control group. This is kind of how it's science is done. Scientific method. Yeah. And so since 2010, I've been noticing this trend of earthquakes and solar activity. Mm-hmm. Now, this is interesting because I was actually reading this article earlier today. Shockwave from the sun has opened up a crack in the Earth's magnetic field and it could trigger a geomagnetic storm. So this is a a mysterious shockwave. A a gust of solar wind has been sent a barrage of high-speed material smashing the Earth's magnetic field, opening up a crack in the magnetosphere. The barrage of plasma could lead to a geomagnetic storm December 19th. This is an old article. Okay. Today's December 20th, right? Yes. Okay, so that thing hit us yesterday. What happened today? 6.4 magnitude earthquake hits Northern California with a threat of another jolt. Oh, yeah. You're right. That was this morning, about 3 a.m. Damn. <laughs> Observational data. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. and repeat. And, and this has been constant all year. 
Yeah, we we've been calling this out all year. Yeah. Oh, snap. And the reason I come to that theory is because I believe that the center of the Earth... So in order to have a magnetic field, like our Earth's magnetic field, you have to have an electric field. They go coincide hand in hand. Not only that, is you have to have a moving electric field or a resonating or oscillating uh, a magnetic field. So I've always proposed that the core of the Earth is not this, this solid or plasmic form of iron, but instead it's most likely Christian, uh, crystalline in structure. This is just my theory. Crystalline in structure that is rotating at incredibly high velocities and under immense pressure. And that when the Earth gets signals or signs through cosmic bombardment radiation, so there's this flow of solar radiation, cosmic radiation that actually happens. And by detecting the change in cosmic radiation, the solar radiation, you can tell when sunspots are at, or sun solar flares are actually about to happen. And so I think that the hmm. Earth actually has a mechanism, right? Because this would be natural through evolutionary principalities that detects that shift in transition that allows the Earth to begin shifting its magnetic field, to strengthen okay. its magnetic field in one direction or another. Mm. And so that's how I came up with the theory, and so far it's been, poof, it's all there. Pretty crazy. <laughs> it is. It really is. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you're mm. telling me. I'm like, damn. Hit it again. All right. Vince... If I told you that the whole world is a psyop, is a psychological warfare operation, would you believe me? I'd take your word for it, dude. Really? I yeah, I think I think many people would. I mean, do you guys agree? Would you guys believe that? I would. Well, I don't want you to just take my word for it. I'm just saying. I think you're a good guy. You know, I would. I would. Uh, so, I don't want to know more, but. I definitely think that is the case. I really do. So listen to this kind of explanation of psychological warfare. Um, Psywar, the basic aspect of modern psychological operations, um, have been known by many other names or terms, including military information, support operations, MISOs, PSYOPs, political warfare, hearts and minds, and propaganda. The term is used to denote any action which is practiced mainly by psychological methods with the aim, aim of invoking a planned psychological reaction in the people. Various techniques are used and aimed at influencing a target audience's value system, belief system, emotions, motives, reasoning, or behavior. It is used to induce confessions or reinforce attitudes and behaviors favorable to the originator's objectives and are sometimes combined with black operations or false flag tactics. It also used to destroy the morale of enemies through tactics that aim to depress troops' psychological states. Target audiences can be governments, organizations, groups, and individuals, and is not just limited to soldiers. Civilian or foreign territories can also be targeted by technology and media so as to cause and effect of the government of their country. Knowing that... Barack Obama in 2013 or 2014 signed an executive order removing the liability of propaganda directly from the media, which basically means that the media can lie to you blatantly without any liability factor. Not only that is there's been a long collaboration with the mainstream media and our federal government. Um, if you read into the Twitter files today, which were uh, a new series of Twitter files were released, um, you probably would have been shocked some people would have been shocked to learn what Twitter files part eight was actually all about. Um, Twitter files eight. Okay. Is titled Twitter enabled DOD psyops 
for years. Now, I'm not... I, I'm not going to stress that too much. And, and so this is this is kind of the title right here. Twitter Files Part 8, How Twitter Quietly Aided the Pentagon's Covert Online PSYOP Campaign. Despite promises to shut down the covert state-run propaganda networks, Twitter docs show that the social media giant directly assisted the U.S. military's influence operations. Now, initially, you're probably like, whoa, hold on. What, like, wh- who were they trying to influence, right? Well... Don't be concerned, America. They weren't trying to influence you. They were trying to influence Middle Eastern countries, South American countries, Asian countries, people against their own government. They were trying to organize, okay? And when you go into this and you start looking at this, the Twitter files, I wanted to pull up something real quick. When you start looking at what they were doing, I mean, we have them going out there and utilizing psychological influence to basically produce uprisings against countries to to get them to basically look at their government in a negative way. This includes China. Wow. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. Is I went and wrote this, and this is as true as day, and I want everybody to understand this. The DOD psychological warfare teams had direct access to push propaganda and social engineer users through Twitter's knowledge. Okay. This is Facebook, Twitter, social media giants letting the DOD in. And saying, here, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to suspend you. These accounts, don't touch them. We're going to go in there and we're going to utilize this through our, our, our Psy War programs. Okay? Yeah. Here's the, here's the next part. Expand this a little bit. This is the access that Twitter allowed and knew about. What about the clandestine oh. accounts that the DOD, the intelligence agencies had created that did the same exact thing, but were held at a higher classification. Yeah. So what am what am I talking about there for everybody else? Is, is it legal for the DOD or the intelligence agencies to spy on American citizens? No. Is it legal for the DOD or intelligence agencies to influence the actions of American citizens through psychological warfare? No. If they're doing it to other countries openly with collaboration of big tech, Mm -hmm. who else is doing it? And who else is doing it to you right now? Everything that you're seeing, hearing, Everything that you know of is a fucking psyop. And I'm sorry about my French there, the lovely old ladies that listen to this show. Everything that you know right now, you have to bring in the question. Everything that you understand right now, you have to bring in the question. Whether I told it to you or whether anybody told you, I don't care, okay? That this is not a revelation for us, but this puts things back into perspective, okay? That they were this open and honest, the Twitter had these files there about this, that the DOD didn't try to scrub this, which means that the DOD is like, well, that's not the worst thing that happened, so let that go out there. <laughs> like, yeah. Right? Like, how about this? Is Let me ask you this. Is What about Chinese or Russian psychological warfare campaigns against you and me TikTok. and everybody else? TikTok. You have it's to understand. I think all big social media and all 
video games, television shows, everything is a part of that war. The war over the minds. A war over the minds. That's exactly it, Vince. Is that we are seeing right now, not only an awakening. See, this is why I think we're having the awakening of truth. Okay? I, I, I'm not a student of, uh, you know, I'm not a psychologist. So I, I can't go in depth and understand the, the process that I'm about to talk about. But I know that there is this, um, this process that happens in people who are abused in their life. Mm. And that after a long, long time of abuse, those people begin to kind of fight back. They begin to come out of that shell of that, those mind games of the illusory world that they live in and begin to rise up against the perpetrators of that abuse. And I think that this is what's consciously happening on this planet right now. Interesting. It's a large scale trait, I guess. Right. It's a large scale trait, but not only it's a, a, a conscious kind of a global consciousness that is waking up to it. But here's the question. I see what you mean. Yeah. I'm, is who do you trust? What information uh-huh. is real? You know, this this brings about the yeah. speculation, and I'm gonna f- throw this out there, right? What? Think about how psychological warfare operations or campaigns have worked right now through mainstream media and social media. Okay. What do they always have in common when you have a propagated campaign towards you, me, or anybody else in this world? Uh, I would say maybe everybody repeats the same thing. Okay, echo chamber. Mainstream, yeah, echo chamber. There's also a linear procession of facts. Hmm. Right? There's all... I've talked about this. A story. One of the ways that I've always looked at the unfolding global narrative, okay, is I go back and I see all the news stories that have been reported. Even though we know that, you know, Adam Schiff will come out and he'll say something that's blatantly a lie, but he'll put it on record. Why? Because that will be used in the future as a reference point, as a fact of truth pertinent to some type of campaign or operation of lies, Oh, they set up the web of lies. There you go. They set up the web of lies. And you didn't know, nobody knew this. This is what I've been doing the whole time is I look at their web of lies. Okay. I look at the the whole linear progression of news events and I go, okay, if this is bullshit, this is bullshit, this is bullshit, this is bullshit. Why are they saying it? Because they're going to use it in the future as a point of reference to basically make this linear procession of facts. Yeah, and if if you know somebody who lies a lot or if you've had that bad habit, then you know that having all of those backup lies is necessary. There you but go. But if you lay down the foundation first, but see they don't need that. Because, but think about how the mainstream media works. The mainstream media is another linear procession of facts. I write an article. Bing 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 bing, reference A, reference B, reference C, reference D. Done. It's over. That goes out and publishes the 20 million people. They read it. They accept that as fact. I go out there. I I write the script for Don Lemon on CNN and I say, 
paragraph one, paragraph two, paragraph three, paragraph four. This is the operation that we're putting out there. Here's the linear procession of facts that we've that we created over the last three years. We highlight them. We put it out to 20 million people as truth. They believe it. It doesn't matter. They go on there and look, I wonder if that's true. And they go to reference point A. Oh my God, he really did say that. that so that must be true because I trust him. He's Adam Schiff, right? Or, oh my God, here's that article from 2019 from CNN stating exactly what they just said, that this is true. Doesn't mean that the article's true. It just means that they were stating it was true and they used a linear possession of creative narrative to validate that point. And this is how the whole fucking world operates right now on this completely delusional domain of, of insanity. Well, how do you think history is written? There you go. We don't know what's yeah, true. So I know. I know. So Oxum's Razor. Okay. Do you know what Oxum's Razor is? I believe it's the most, uh, what is it? The most entertaining outcome is the yeah. most. So, so with everything being equal under the sun. Right? Or is it the most? The, the simplest solution the simplest tends solution. to be the most probable. <laughs> the okay? other one, the one I said is Elon Musk's version of that. Oh. Well, how about this? The most entertaining one is typically the right one. Well, you could actually look at what I'm about to say next in that perspective. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So if you have this logical conundrum that all facts are nothing but creative narratives of linear progression, procession that were created to substantiate future proclamations of facts, right? Basically untruths. They're not true, but it was basically a, a, a mountain of lies that had been created to basically reference as truth, which isn't truth. Which means that you can go back 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Which means that our current perspective, viewpoint of the world, how the world's unfolding, okay, is built on a mountain of lies, a mountain of propaganda, a mountain of disinformation. Which means that what are actually facts cannot be accepted as facts. So therefore, the substantiation of evidence and pertinence to those facts cannot be utilized as a substantiation of evidence. And so Oxum Razor kicks in and says, if that's the case, then it's more true of what someone proclaims from their own experience with no facts than it is from what the conformation, confirmation of the society derives from the untruths, from the fake facts. Um, yeah, it could be, man. Now, or you're, you know, you know where I'm going with this? No, no, go. Now take in to account various different types of experiences and stories, simulation theory, people disappearing, parallel universes, UFOs, aliens, these types of things. And the reason I say that is because these are typically the things that are brought about with no substantiation of evidence, but simply by experience. Which means that those events are more true in context than the actual events being portrayed as truthful news. There's less lies built around them. Well, there's a lot of bullshit out there, but... It doesn't necessarily mean that those are the things that actually happened, but the 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 understanding of the person's experience is more relevant and truthful than the linear procession of lies 
of the last four to five decades. So is what you're saying, like disregarding everything you know about the past is probably okay in making a judgment of what you see now because yeah. all of it's bullshit anyway, most of it. Yeah, dude, dude, not, this, Yeah, you have to think about this in the, and I'm, I'm using a very, um, I, I'm kind of utilizing a, a, a hyper analytical idea, hyper analytical kind of perspective on this, right? Remember what I told you is never believe anything anybody tells you, no matter who they are, what authority they possess or profess, unless you can prove it with your own experiences, through your own investigation, through your own inquiry, right? Now go back to the table and look at everything that has happened. In the, Let's just take the last 10 years. It's all a fucking lie. Every single piece. And this is what Donald Trump's been showing you. Guys, it's all a lie. It, well, they, like, like today, I was on Twitter. And, yep, I was on Twitter. And someone came out and said, what was it? Uh, I can find it. I can find it. Asthma attack. That's not it. I think they're playing a drinking game. Whenever you say the motto, they have to drink. Oh, are they? <laughs> Which, by the way, that motto is genius. Even if you apply that motto to listening to that motto, go, you know, disregard that motto and go live your life and then try that motto out. Let me know which one works better for you. I'm sure that would have saved so many lives in 2020. <laughs> Serious. Um, yeah. So, where was it? I think this <clears throat> is it. Okay, so... There you know, this is, this is why I explore these fringe ideas, man. I think it's because I know that's true. We yeah. gotta figure it all out again, basically. Where is this guy? Oh, man, now I can't even remember. My mind is drawing blanks. Um, I have this here in my Twitter feed. I just got to find it. Okay. I thought it was that one. Um, no. Don't I was kind of thinking, oh, man, your point's good. Of <laughs> You're kind of better off just going with go. nothing. This is it right here. a coin. Yeah. What do you got? So... Al Franken comes out and says, after watching the J6 committee today, my overwhelming reaction is just how profoundly sad it is that Donald Trump was president of the United States of America, right? Mm, okay. So I reply back, out of all the allegations made against Donald Trump in six years, nothing, not one indictment, but pretty sure you groped a woman and resigned from Congress, which he <laughs> did, right? Now, this yeah. Wu-Tang person comes out here, which is most likely a bot, and says he has been impeached twice. You can't indict a sitting president. Yes, you can. Why do you pay Twitter? You only have 1K trolls. Okay. So my nice. reply to this person, to give you a, and, and I, I asked this person specifically two questions. I, well, actually I said, what was he impeached for? Let's have this discussion. I knew it was a bot. Wasn't going to respond. Congress has no judicial power. They can hold investigations, even rigged ones, and send inquiries over to the DOJ. Both impeachments from Democrat-controlled Congress occurred like this. Not one DOJ indictment. No Senate impeachment or move to remove with the 25th Amendment. But this is this is that narrative. The left goes, but he was impeached mm -hmm. twice. But, but what happened with the impeachment? I mean, the first one, obviously, Russian collusion. The second one, the perfect phone call, right? The Russian collusion we know was absolute garbage and fake and false, which means that all the stuff that they presented in the congressional impeachment was fake and false. 
It wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what about the fake phone call? He released a fucking transcript. We, we read it for ourselves and know exactly what he said. And nothing in that transcript was impeachable. And they impeached him again. But these people come out, but he was impeached twice. Do you see the psychological warfare tactic? They created a linear procession of evidence, of facts. They, they just put them in there. The, the, the steel dossier. The, the implications of Russian collusion, the FISA warrants, right? Yeah. Then on the other side, we, we have Vinman, we have uh, Sycamorella, we have um, all these people involved with this coming out and saying he did bad stuff. He was saying stuff on that phone call that he shouldn't have been saying. And Donald Trump releases the truth. Oh, this is a perfect phone call. Well, here's the transcript. And, and they, they ignore that. They... they extrapolate from his own words and try to say, well, this is where he did wrong. And then you have an overwhelming majority of the Democrats vote to impeach him just because they don't like him. And then people like this come out and go, I'm so fucking controlled and enslaved in my life that I don't research anything for myself, but I'm just going to read headlines and know that Donald Trump was impeached twice. Not only that, as I had one come out to me, you know what he said? What? Oh, Donald Trump raped and groped multiple people, and there's tons of allegations against him. And he even had an affair on his wife with a porn star. Oh, and and she peed, and, and and the hooker peed on him. Right. And then I said, "Oh, you mean the porn star that um had to go out and publicly retract her statements about it, and then pay for Donald Trump's legal fees with her lawyer, who is now serving 14 years in jail for fraud? Game set match." But see, that's the thing, is this person truly believes that since someone makes an allegation, that's that's an indictment of a crime. Yeah, which essentially these impeachments are just allegations that failed miserably. Th- that's exactly, exactly what it was. But this is their linear procession of propaganda that they go back and reference as factual truth. And they do this in the methodology of psychological warfare. Why? You're seeing it right there with this person's comment. This this person is completely oblivious. They think, oh my God, you have no idea about Donald Trump. He he groped and raped women, and he and, and Stormy Daniels and Evaventi, uh, and, and 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 he lied on the phone call, and he was colluding with Russia. Like, dude, this is old news. Like that was all faked and false and all. No, it wasn't. You don't know. What you're t- they impeached him. Like, Congress has no judicial power. Right, but they all voted on it. <coughs> they can vote for all having fucking hot dogs today. We can have hamburgers instead. <laughs> it doesn't make any... Like, <laughs> yeah, this psychological... I'm sorry for the this psychological thing goes deep, man, and it's a big problem. A lot of people are have been deceived by it. Yeah. But now, man. when I go through the news, keep all this in mind. Keep the linear mm-hmm. procession of propaganda in mind, okay? I want everybody to do that as we go through the news because then what you're going to see is what they're planning. And you'll see how it works. So economists play 70% chance of U.S. recession in I mean, economists say there's a 7 in 10 likelihood that U.S. economy will sink into a recession next year, slashing demand forecasts and trimming inflation projections in the wake of massive interest rate hikes by the Federal Reserve. Now, what did the Federal Reserve just do in the last FOMC meeting last Wednesday? 
Uh, are you talking about when they raised rates or what? what's going yeah. on? Yeah. What, 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 what did Jerome Powell come out and do? I'm not sure. Well, the market reacted. We're like, yay, good job, Powell. It's over, right? Everybody's like, yay, inflation's going down. Remember the inflation numbers came down, the growth in GDP, all this stuff? Oh, yeah. What did they call it? They called it uh, <laughs> some baloney thing. Well, how about this? The Federal Reserve has already committed to six more rate hikes over the next four to five months. Okay? They had been raising the interest rates 0.75% or 75 basis points. This last time, they still raised rates a half a basis or a half a half a percent or 50 basis points. Yeah. They still raised the interest rate. It's not this is the highest down. steepest increase in rates ever. Yeah, but but what happened is the news came out I there think. and like, good news from the Federal Reserve today. Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, has decreased Actually. the amount of interest rate that they were yeah. going to put out from 0.75 basis points to 0.5, or it's, from 0.75% to 0.5%. And people go, yay, inflation's over. And then Joe Biden comes out and goes, inflation declined, but the consumer price index decreased by 2.3% last month, even though it's still 7.9 freaking percent. Our GDP grew by 1.3%, which is just a fluctuation of numbers because they sold the U.S. petroleum reserves to China and Russia. And then basically what they did is they cooked the books with all the billions of dollars of U.S. arms shipping over to Ukraine, and they basically put it on the books as a sale to help our GDP increase. It's all a fucking lie. Yeah. They frame it as a good thing. That's right. But that's a psychological warfare. Because now people are like, oh my god, the economy's doing great, and like gas prices are down, the cost yeah. of milk is only $6, and, <laughs> this is and why I eggs can't are $12.35. It's so cheap these days. This is why I can't day trade. It's because of the psychological warfare, mm-hmm. and the way the markets move are not logical. It's just fairy dust. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, how about this one? Vegetable prices climbed 38% in one month, despite Biden's claims of declining inflation. Mm-hmm. Well, why did that happen? forgot to tell us about that one well it's because there's a supply chain crunch fertilizers across the world are being controlled non-stop nitrogen is what basically produces the growth medium of the majority of our crops in this world 50 percent of the growth of all the crops on this planet happened because of nitrogen supplementation that comes into the soil throughout the european union by direction of the world economic forums and the United Nations sustainable development policies have reduced nitrogen fertilizer utilization by 50%. This is why the Dutch and the German and and all the farmers are revolting, and this is why their government is going in there and repossessing all of their farms. Why? The farmers are saying, if you reduce my nitrogen, I can't produce what I need to produce. And the government's saying, well, that's fine. We're just going to use eminent domain to go in there and take your farm away, and we will do it. This is what's really happening in the world right now. And then all of a sudden, you have in, you know, prices increased by 38%. Why? Because the same thing's happening here. This is the mainstream media who's in on it aren't reporting it. That if you have a, a think about this. Is if the World Economic Forum, the United Nations Sustainable Development Committees come out there and say, hey, look, we need to decrease the amount of nitrogen production for fertilizers and and, and all other types of fertilizer production in the world. What begins to happen? 
those companies trickle down totalitarianism, get told by their banks that they're not going to have any capital available or any loans available for any more nitrogen production other than 50% of the global utilization. So those companies get told that, hey, there's no more money available for you to produce any more nitrogen. This is all you can do. And they have to work within that budget. And that's going to take about two years to have a market type effect. And we're getting right into that now coming out of a massive supply chain. On top of that, what else do you see? You see the food processing, manufacturing and distribution places setting on fire. You're seeing fertilizer plants set on fire. You're seeing energy production facilities being set on fire. Oh, yeah. There was a big one in California today. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah, this is the this is the firestorm event. This is the jackpot. This is exactly what I've been talking about. Why? Because I'm looking at the narrative. I'm realizing they're calling bullshit. And they're saying it's truth. And if you just follow those stories, it leads you to the truth. Everybody knows my secret now. <laughs> it's good. Everybody should live their life. And, and you got to imagine too, Vince. Through a lens. Yeah. In a, in a calmer, slower world, is a world that's not as fast-paced as today. Okay? Yeah. Is if you were able to sit back and observe kind of the political, the philosophical, the cultural, and the social structures of your current mm-hmm. world, let's say back in the 1600s. Ooh. And the world was progressing much, much slower. Do you think you could look at the same body of evidence that we're talking about right now? The, the 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 news reports, the the volumes of books that are coming out, the scientific discoveries, these types of things, and make predictions about the future. And be yes. accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could. Most people probably don't even think about those things though in those times. I, I guarantee you no Shadamas yeah. did. I said most people. Well, I, I'm saying is I think a lot of people did. And that's where you huh. get these people, right? I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> There's been multiple people throughout the last five centuries who have made various yeah. different predictions about the oh, future yeah. and have been semi-accurate, mm-hmm. right? Whether they come out and they make one prediction or they make a book of predictions, they've been fairly accurate in the sense of the interpretation of those predictions. And I'm saying that this is how they did it. Absolutely. Um. Congress. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. We'll, we'll, we'll do this one. Americans are falling behind on credit card and loan payments as inflation persists. Uh, the credit reporting agency TransUnion is warning that credit card delinquency rates, which have hovered close to the level seen before the pandemic in recent times, are likely to experience a considerable increase in the new year. The 2023 consumer credit forecast predicts a 2.6% increase by the end of 2023, a noteworthy, noteworthy rise over the 2.1% for the end of the year. Do you want to know? Good. Do you want to know what the biggest scam in the world? Yeah. These banking pinkos, okay? Yeah. The debt market? (laughs) The credit debt market. So when the Fed comes out and talks about the interest rate, what are they talking about specifically? Debt. The debt market in a way, right? They are. But really what they're talking about is something known as the overnight liquidity in the interbanking mm-hmm. rate. Okay? This is banks, big banks, central banks loaning mon- money amongst each other. 
institutional banks loaning money amongst each other and through the central banks, and then how all money flows down after that, okay? That's the interest rate that they're yeah. really talking about because those are the money movers and they're the ones who, who basically hold the majority of money. Do you know where the balance on your credit card comes from? No. It is nothing more than an input put into a computer. There is no real money. There is nothing of value whatsoever. There is no creation of actual money. There, there is no, like when, when they say, hey, you have a $10,000 um, you know, credit limit on your credit card, they don't go throw $10,000 into a bank account and say, okay, that's reserved for Josh's new credit card. Right. It, it's fake ones and zeros. Mm-hmm. But did you ever notice that the interest rate goes up with the interest rate of the, the Fed rate and the interbanking rate? Yes, it does. Now, why is that if it's fake money? It's not real money. <laughs> They're not pulling question. it from a central bank or an institutional bank. They're <laughs> not loaning it from somebody else. They're creating it in thin frigging air because it's an opportunity for them to make more money. Oh, my gosh. I don't know why I find that so funny. Yeah. Now, did you know that there's people out there that have actually fought credit card companies? Because as per mm. fractional reserve banking documentation, that any bank that goes out there and creates a loan or a credit pertinent to, um, it has to be pertinent to the reserves. So if wow. they have $100, right, they can loan out $1,000, basically a 10 to 1 a ratio fraction, and that they have to validate that. So actually... When Capital One goes out there and issues you a credit card, they're literally supposed to allocate $10,000 of their assets towards that credit card. 99.999% of all banks don't do this, which means that you can actually go back and say that I want a verification of asset allocation in pertinence to this credit card balance, and they won't be able to show it. So then what? And people have won in court and they're like, specifically they about this. Now? That, that the credit card companies basically create this out of thin air, that they have no money, which means that it was, you know, you, you are not liable. You're not liable for that because there was no money to begin with, that it should have never been issued. They, they take the liability for that factor. Oh, yeah. That sounds Did you hear about that Russian guy? Uh, I don't think so. What happened? So this Russian guy gets a, uh, remember in the, the olden days, they used to send you applications in mail for your credit mm-hmm. cards and they'd mm-hmm. send you the whole application in the mail. So he got an application in the mail for a credit card. And what he did is he took it, he scanned it into his computer. He went and modified it. Okay. And he changed the interest rate to where they had to pay him every month. And that if they canceled his card, they'd owe him six million or fifteen million dollars. If they canceled his card, um, and that his card was good and never expired, it was good forever. And so yeah. he printed it back on the uh, um, the same type of paper, formatted exactly like theirs, put it back yeah. in the envelope, sent it back, and they never reviewed it. They just approved it. And then did he sue him for all? Well, so then the he racked up like hundreds of thousands of dollars in charges. And they tr- and then they basically said you have to pay this, and he says no. Read the contract, 
and, they, and he said, you guys owe me money. They take him to court. Yeah. And the judge sides with him that they should have reviewed the contract. Yes. And so they canceled the card, and the judge said, now you have to pay him the $15 million. But they looked at that as a better deal than this guy keeping the card for the rest of his life yeah. with no limit. And that they paid him the fifteen so million. That's amazing. Yeah. That's real. This is contractual this is law, people. Real. This is how stupid it is, and they get all of us every single day for with it. Dur, dur, dur. Uh, you could rewrite contracts. You cross it out. You write stuff. Absolutely. You write it. You print it out, and you say, "Okay, here's my contract." And how about this? Look at how many times they say, "I don't want to do business with you." Then, good. Fuck you. I don't want. To, I'm sorry. I don't want to do business with you either. If you don't want to look at my contract, you. Yeah. This ahead. is this is something I learned about studying uh, the, unif- uh, the uniform universe, uniform commercial code and and the U.S. code. Okay. If there's a contract, I got a contract right here. Okay. I got a contract. It's a little contract. If I go in there and change something, annotate something, and send it back to them, and they sign it, that is as good as law. Have you ever had a contract that you said, "Hey, look, I don't agree with this contract. I want this changed." They say, "No, you can't." Yeah. Did you know that's illegal? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Yeah. There, there is no uh, – any one-sided contract where only one side is negotiable, it's illegal. Can't happen. Wow. All contracts are negotiable. Now, how about this? Do you know what this thing is? It's a $20 bill. It's a contract. This is a, a contract – of good faith by the federal government. Um, you got a receipt in your pocket? Yeah. You know what this is? It's a contract. Every time that you make a purchase, you are entering in contractual agreement with that store. Yeah, this reminds me of the registration thing too, which always... Yep. Now, if you ever went to a restaurant and they bring you the check and you have to sign at the bottom? Yes. Have you ever looked at the line that you actually sign on? No, nah, I don't really pay attention, dude. If you took a magnifying glass and you looked at that receipt that they just put mm-hmm. in front of you. Firstly, did you ever notice that one says merchant copy and one says customer copy? Yes, I noticed that. Now, firstly, <laughs> all those transactions that you sign on that merchant part are actually invalidated. What the you minute you sign them, they're invalidated. Why? I will tell How? you in a second. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. But if you look at the signature line, it says authorized signature only multiple times over. If you look at it with magnifying, it says authorized signature only, authorized signature only. So that black line sign on the dotted line, the line isn't dotted. It actually says authorized signature only. Which, by the way, an authorized legal signature has to be in black ink. Now, the other part of this is I just said that you get two pieces of this, this receipt, right? One says merchant copy. One says customer copy. Does it matter which one you sign? I don't know. Does it, it absolutely does. If you sign the customer copy and give that back to them and they, they complete that transaction, that's fraud on their behalf. Really? Secondly, is that in a contractual agreement in the exchange of goods and services, in this exchange of money, a copy cannot be placed as the original. 
So when it says merchant copy versus in customer copy, those are not the original contra contracts, which means that you have to have the original contract to make good on that, that remedy, which puts you in conflict oh, wow. immediately from the beginning. So those receipts are useless. Well, the reason they put you in conflict from the beginning is because of this. That contract? That's right. Because the only way that I can mitigate my actual bill is with lawful money. That's not lawful money. The rabbit hole goes deep, young Skywalker. I need to, more. I need to get into this. I need to, I need to learn more about this, dude. You've inspired me tonight. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm having fun. You guys having fun? Always. All right, let's go in here. Um, we have $1.7 billion, just sorry, trillion dollar ominous bill to save the government. We, we got to fund the government until the end of yeah. the year. We need $1.7 trillion to do that. <laughs> yeah, 45 bill for Ukraine in there. 45 billion for Ukraine. We I talked about this all throughout no, the, you did. Uh, the Dark Delight show. Yeah, there's garbage Jim. in there. They snuck $45 billion more in for Bar for Ukraine. Why? Because not... Ukraine is nothing but a, a money laundering scheme. I hope you're not talking about FBI, Jim. Hi, FBI, Jim. How are you? I'm good, Josh. <laughs> um, this is kind of epic. This is a good exchange. Go in here. So the government paid Twitter millions of dollars to censor info to the public. We heard, learned about this in part seven of the Twitter files that the FBI paid Twitter money, right? Then Elon Musk comes back and says, as outgoing chair of the house, do you remember what I said? So he said this today, okay? Elon mm -hmm. Musk said this today. I, I Actually, I got to show you people this, okay? You people. Yes, everybody in the audience. I want to show everybody <laughs> my tweet from yesterday, okay? Let's see it. Before we get into this one, I want to show everybody my tweet from yesterday with Adam Schiff. Okay? There it is, right here. This is yesterday, this is December 18th, 6.32 p.m., okay? So Schiff comes out and says, we got a big problem right now with social media companies and their failure to moderate content and the explosion of hate on Twitter. The banning of journalists on Twitter, if you are responsible moderators and content, you'll give immunity. And I say right here, listen to this. This fucking, this guy's a fucking clown. I wonder how jail will be when the world finds out that little Adam Schiff was directing the intelligence community to censor Americans as a direct violation of the Constitution. I, I said this two days ago, okay? What's Elon say right here? As outgoing chair of the House Intelligence, uh, House Intelligence, did you approve hidden state censorship and direct violation of the Constitution, Adam Schiff? <laughs> <laughs> They're so over scared. the target. I was spot on. How did I know? No, oh, that weasel. You followed the narrative, man. I followed the fucking narrative. Exactly. I followed. I understood how these people operate. You look at the figures that pop up all of a sudden when these things. Adam Schiff. Oh, hey, look, this is crazy. Elon needs a go. And oh, hey. What is happening right now is you're going to have a transition of the House Intelligence Committee, which means that Jim Jordan 
is going to be taking over that bitch. And you know what's going to happen to Adam Schiff? Bye-bye. Probably, hopefully, what needs to happen. and Hopefully trial. he brings up investigations. Yeah, we did have donations today. No, I, I said, uh, hopefully it brings up investigations. But I'm going to go in there and look at the... Uh, we have a few of the donations. Hopefully. Oh, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and do this. We're not even close to being done. We got a whole bunch of stuff to go through here, but we're gonna we're gonna go through it. So Vader three six nine gifted a ship evening red pill project. Much love. We appreciate all the work you do. Thank you so much, Vader three six nine. Appreciate you. Me Brenda donated one ninja sled. Awesome. Thank you so much, me Brenda. RPG thirty five seventy three four ice cream. Thank you so much, RPG Patriot of Pisces one diamond. Thank you, ladies. Amazing women. That was in reference to Lee and Connie over there. Thank you so much, Patriot of Pisces, as well as four ice cream from her. Uh, Shannon 1313 donated one ice cream. Thank you so much, Shannon. Long time, light time, sorry, light time gifted a one month subscription to users in the channel. To me, Brenda, thank you so much, light time. Nadine triple or quadruple Q donated one diamond. So much, thank you, Nadine triple quadruple Q. Princess Little Eight, thank you so much, Lisa. I'm not going to hide your name on here. Donated one ice cream. And Light Time is celebrating a two-month sub streak. Thank you so much, everybody, for all of your donations. And and truly, guys, you guys are the ones that help keep all of us alive here. It's Without without you guys, we really wouldn't be able to do all this and, and provide this every night and, and really do any of this. So I appreciate you more than you know, and I hope everybody's having a great holiday season. Um, Sean Penn, it's time to send unvaccinated citizens to jail. I, I think it's time to send Sean Penn to um, to a good ass whooping. I mean, at what point are these people no longer going to be able to walk down the street? You have to ask yourself. He he literally came. This is like the persecution of the Jews in Nazi Germany. Literally. Almost, well, how about this yeah. one? You ready for this one? You ready for this shit? Stanford releases guide against harmful language, including the word American. American? Yeah. What kind of pinko school is this? Launched in May. <laughs> these damn pinkos. The project known as the Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative lists a prohibited terms under 10 categories, including racism, homophobia, and ableism. Under the section titled Imprecise Language, the guide, the guide advises readers to replace the term American with U.S. citizen. American often refers to people from the United States only, thereby insinuating that the U.S. is the most important country in the Americas. The packet reasons, noting that the region actually includes 42 countries between North and South America. Uh, well, you want to know something is that... Uh, yeah, the, the U.S. is the most important country in, in the Americas. Um, if, you, if you could actually name another country within between North and South America that's more important than the United States of America, that has more global impact, that it has a, a larger defense budget that basically substantiates all of NATO, that uh, carries 46% of the global economy on of its shoulders. Stanford, I'd love for you to show me this because there is no other important country in the northern hemisphere, as well as North and North and South America, other than the United States of America, which we simply call America, and then as well as we call each other Americans. Yeah, not Americans. Yeah, and, and I I doubt that you're ever going to see a Mexican, or a Cuban, or a a Costa Rican call themselves American. I'm American. No, they don't identify with that. Why? 
because that's reserved historically for us. And that's okay. That's called that's called nationalism or you know ethnocentrism, these types of things, right? Ethnocentrism more towards race geared, but we could look at it as pride within where you're from. I, I'm I'm okay with that. F you Stanford. They're ridiculous, dude. And then there's students going to these schools that just shut up and go through the days and live in this hell where they mm-hmm. can't say certain things just to get a degree. No, not me. Yep, and this is Gavin Newsom. Well, hello, California. Sa- Sacramento. Welcome to Sacramento. This is what your re-elected governor brings to the table. Well done. Good job. So, you know what's interesting about this? You know where this is headed? Where? Um, I'll show you. If I can get a good image of it. Hmm. There it is. I knew I could find one. I knew I could find one, Vince. I knew it was there. This is an image from the movie Ready Player One in a futuristic world where only the wealthy people live within the inner city areas and everybody on the outskirts lives what's known as the stacks. Yep. This is where it's headed. Yeah, you're right, especially in these cities. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you will not own that container, by the way. Yep. So Zelensky is in Washington, D.C. He's expected to address a joint session with Congress. This requires legislation, which the institution will have to process tomorrow, report says. Nancy Pelosi is asking everybody to be in the House to come in. Um, oh, man. Dude. Yeah, this is happening. Tomorrow's going to be interesting. And so, oh, I wanted to touch on this. Tomorrow's going to be interesting. You're right. That stuff that we were talking about yesterday with Canada or with China, that stuff that we talked yes. about last week with uh, catastrophic contagion. The health stuff, yeah. This isn't like conspiratorial news shit we're talking about here, okay? Really? No. Um, State Department, U.S. is prepared to continue to support countries around the world, including China, on COVID and other health issues. If I go to Drudge Report, right? Drudge Report, I scroll down. Um, we have this, it was on there earlier. They removed it. This is going to be interesting. Okay. I'll be honest with you. What went through my head when I heard this stuff Mm -hmm. coming from that reporter from China that we've heard before is she would be the, and I'm sorry, this could be way off target and I'm not sure about this at all, but just speculating to myself, I'm like, what if she was a part of the disinformation project, but she proves herself in 2020, 2021 in order to make a bigger lie later scare the crap out of everybody you know Absolutely. what i mean very very well could be um i'm like oh my gosh so yeah, the this headlines on the drudge report were here earlier now they're gone what were they um china what? morgues overflowing dead people everywhere hospitals overflowing all that stuff huh but now they're gone but you can find it on the mainstream media which i think brings a little bit of legitimacy to it but then go back to what i said earlier that it's probably all one mm. big scam. 
I don't know what to believe anymore, man. Yeah. I'll just we, stay healthy. Stay yeah. Safe. We need a new church commission to investigate why the FBI and intelligence communities are engaged in social media censorship, including the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop. August 17th, 1975, Senator Frank Church appeared at the NBC's Meet the Press and issued a stark warning about the certain technology perfected by the intelligence community, which could be used by the U.S. government against its own citizens to create total tyranny. We, we, we laid the path for this last night. We told you how they've already infiltrated your life, my life, the senators, congressmen. They bring the, the joint briefings ahead to these congressional people. Right, they're controlling there. They're controlling the information. We're hearing directly from the Twitter files that the DoD is running psychological side war campaigns directly within Twitter and social media and Facebook, and that they're probably clandestinely doing this against you and me every day. That nothing oh, that yeah. we're seeing is the freaking truth. And there was a coup. They killed JFK. Yeah, there you go, right there. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says murder of his of his uncle JFK was a coup d'état as CIA involvement is confirmed. And this is what the new documents that were released the other day came out, is that absolutely, 100%, there was uh, CIA involvement. So what conspiracy do they validate next? Aliens? Yeah, I don't know. Um, India is preparing for a military conflict with China. India has deployed 50,000 troops after hundreds of Chinese troops encroached upon the India perceives uh, to be the side of the border. Chinese troops were stopped after a conflict involving uh, branches, bricks, and iron bars. I don't think that this is going to happen. This, I think, is kind of fake news. The reason I say that is because China and India are both members of the BRICS nation, conforming to mm. the gold standardization as well as as resource allocation. So I, I doubt that. Mm. It'll happen 20, 30 years down the road after BRICS has taken over the world. This was interesting. You shared this with me. Or it was Don Maga who pointed this out to me. Zimbabwe has banned the export of unprocessed raw lithium. The country has the largest lithium reserve in Africa. Lithium has surged more than 1,100% in the past two years. So why did Zimbabwe halt the export? Well, it's... Maybe an attack on the U.S., or I guess I could call it an attack. No? They, they, they want to hoard the market. So they, they're hoarding all, basically, they're stopping the, the export of all unprocessed lithium. Okay, so if I have to process lithium in Africa, in Zimbabwe now, what, what does that bring to Zimbabwe? People, industry. Jobs, industry, Jobs. manufacturing, right? They're trying to capitalize on this. And you know what I said is going to happen in the next uh, the next few months? Certain things are going to start trending on Facebook and there's going to be an uprising. <laughs> Seems Zimbabwe is making a move to corner the market. I suspect an uprising will happen there soon and the government will be overthrown by the clowns. Yeah, and watch the media surrounding it. They're not going to say it's because of anything to do with these resources. It's mm-hmm. going to be because, because they're helping. It's because they're helping. You could be, you could be right on that with... Keep, an eye Keep on. that one in mind. Victorville, California, cruiser around scene of a massive freight train derailment of over 27 Union Pacific cars have derailed. Authorities say half of the cars were on the side with the cars that were carrying iron ore for electricity in California. Winter's coming. Trains are derailing. This isn't normal. So, this is kind of funny. Um, when Elon Musk put his uh, 
his tweet up saying uh, whether he should resign the poll. I went out and retweeted it and said, uh, um, bot trap. Yeah. And today it comes out. Elon Musk suggests poll results saying he should step down as Twitter CEO or rigged by bots. Yep. And then he also said that he'd make the change to make it only so blue verified accounts could vote. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Uh, the designer womb has now been created. We actually covered that last week. Um, it's sick. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird and creepy and, and Gattaca type stuff. Artificial um, wombs. Reminds me, though, of uh, the World's Fairs. Yep. Talked about it a little bit today. I was like, totally. Oh, does. God. That's gonna, always been. That'd be a good conversation Heck for yeah. a Friday night. Yeah. Um, e- EU Commission will provide funds to a consortium whose job it is to launch payment pilots using blocks and digital ID wallet that validates through biometrics. Digital wallets transition to that is all happening right now. I don't love biometrics. But I guess it comes with well, this whole digital new age. It's like your own digital signature. I mean, it's kind of like your DNA in a sense, but it's not your DNA. I don't mind the yeah. biometric thing. I mean, look, dude. Really? Dude, my picture is all throughout the internet. I'm not going to hide myself from anybody. Uh, right? Like, you got to look at it in that way. Eh. The government already knows who I am. Who am I hiding from? My point. Oh. Top Australian doctor who advocated a COVID vaccine finally breaks her science, says doctors are censored, reveals she and her wife both suffer serious COVID shot injuries. Wow. Yep. Um, oh, wow. We did, we did well. Was there any more of the donations that came in? Uh, yeah, a couple. Okay. Princess Little donated one ice cream in a long time, celebrating the two-month substreak. Oh, She's going to give you a hard time for that one. Who? Princess Little. Princess Light. Late? It's Lisa. Princess Lise 8. <laughs> she always she always just talks about that. She anyway. can yell at me later when, I, when we jump on. <laughs> Guys, don't, don't forget tonight we have uh, the After Dark Chat Q&A. Socialredpill.com. Please go check that out. Um, you can find it if you're there early. I'll be there in an hour, but if you're there early, you go to the events tab underneath. You'll see social red pill chat. That's where we will be. I'll also post a link a few minutes before we start. Um, and it starts really right after the show, but I won't be on there for an hour. Um, if you guys are looking for gold and silver in your IRA to start an IRA, if you want to transfer over a 401k, or if you just want to get some gold and silver bullion, get gold today.com. Give Dr. Kirk Elliott a call. 720 720- Six zero five three nine zero zero. Put that number out there. Give them a call and, and get that process going. I'm telling you, we are heading into a, a a a crazy 2023. That is going to be. It's going to turn 2022 upside down. I'm telling you, this is going to be some serious shit. So uh, prepare yourself and and diversify your assets as much as you can. So uh, Sumat, that's right. We can we, we can uh, figure out what that means later. I know what it means, but um. <laughs> I just thought about it. Um, what else do we have? We have uh, appreciate all the donations tonight. You guys are awesome. Um, if you guys do want to just go ahead and do a one-time give to the Red Pill Project and help and support us, that web address is redpills.tv 
TV slash go. That's our Give, Send, Go campaign, as well as you can find that at GiveSendGo.com slash RedPills. Much appreciated for all of that. Or you can just go ahead and and even get a subscription on any of our platforms from local Substack to SocialRedPill.com. So much love, respect. God bless you guys. Got a a good week for you. I think this is going to be a fun week, Christmas week. Got a good show Friday night for you. We'll see how it goes. So much love, respect. Thank you, Vince, for joining me tonight. Thank you, everybody out there. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow.